Hello and welcome to Ship It Shout It, your product management and product marketing podcast. As always, we've got Daniel Thomason telling us about product management. Hi. And we've got me, Lena Hack, telling you about product marketing. And for today's episode, we've picked a, a topic that's not a company. We've done the birthday one before, so we felt like this went very well. So we've <laughs> chosen another slightly mm, broader topic, and that is airport security. Yes, a topic that is... I wouldn't say necessarily close to our hearts because mm. that would be slightly untrue, but um, certainly... But it is happening quite a lot for us because both of us travel quite a lot for work. Yeah, the last month it feels like it's been... Um, I, I feel like I've seen more of airport security than I uh, was necessarily hoping to. Yes, the same. Um, yeah, so anyway, so we thought we, we'd talk about airport security. I guess it'll be a fairly quick introduction to the company uh, <laughs> today because I imagine most of our readers, uh, <laughs> listeners, sorry, uh, I guess you're reading the blog too maybe, yeah, um, have experienced airport security. So we're specifically talking about the bits uh, where your bags are checked and where you go through the the x-ray uh, machine, yeah. not the not like passport control. Uh, maybe we'll save that for a different podcast <laughs> um, depending on how successful this one is. But yeah, the bit, um, the bit where you're checked uh, for dangerous items basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so Lena and I have both been through this a bit recently with experiences that have varied from, I think at one point for me, I basically walked through and it took about 60 seconds. Wow, um, that's and then, a dream. Yeah, right. And, but then, well, then I've also got the opposite end, which was like, I think I was there the better part of an hour. I know, I think you and I, our, our worst experience was at um, when we were in Italy and there was some sort of strike and we were oh, waiting for like... Oh, that was awful, yeah. It must have been 60 to 90 minutes. It was like something yeah. ridiculous. It was, a, it was like a Ryanair strike or something yeah. like that. I think. Anyway, yeah. So hopefully you all know what we're talking about. Um, we'll put some links in the links in the uh, description in case you need to go Google what is airport security. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're someone who has only flown in your private jet your whole life, <laughs> oh, um, nice. or if you're like our, like my grandmother's and who has have never been in an airplane, basically never owned a passport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, let's go straight into the product management side then, I guess. Uh, so as always, my favorite my favorite question with products and with companies is what. What are you trying to achieve? What are you really trying to achieve here? And so let's think through airport security uh, with that lens. So the first kind of intuitive answer you might come up with is, okay, we're trying to make airplane travel as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of disagree with this. I think it's a bit too simplistic. Um, if you really, If that were really literally your objective then the best way to make airplanes travel as safe as possible is to do full cavity searches on every single passenger. Like, oh, goodness. Like literally go the whole hog with everyone and make <laughs> everyone, yeah, pardon the expression, um, and like have it take every passenger, it takes 10 minutes to like go through their whole baggage with a fine tooth comb, cavity search, everything. So I think 10 minutes would be... Um, probably optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So clearly that's too simple and we're optimizing for more than just like perfect safety. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe it's something like to make airplane plane travel as safe as possible while minimizing the impact on passenger convenience. Yeah, I think this is a little closer maybe, mm -hmm. um, but I still don't think this is fully accurate because we're not really targeting safety in general, but a specific class of danger. Maybe the uh, what we're trying to achieve is something like um, to avoid situations in which a plane could be hijacked 
at the lowest cost and the least impact to passenger convenience. Mm-hmm. So this to me sounds pretty close to the truth. What do you think? Like that that was my kind of best effort at at what what airport security is really trying to achieve. Yes. Yeah, I think that actually sounds pretty good because I, I so the reason I hesitated was at the because of the whole hijacked. Um but you know what? That's probably true because we are trying to remove all kind of items that might with which you might be able to hijack a plane or explode a plane, I mm. suppose. Yeah. But we're not trying to remove, I don't know, any other dangers like alcohol even. Yeah, like exactly. Like we're serving alcohol on planes. So there could be some sort of incident where someone gets gets drunk and then slightly dangerous or something when that's not what we're trying to do so yeah uh, yeah I, I'm, I, I'm behind that okay cool yeah and exactly what you said what you just alluded to is exactly right of like we're not trying to optimize for safety in general like you can still like mm-hmm. drunk passengers are still a, like an obvious problem and like passengers who might get physically violent without obviously the bladed weapon option has been removed from them but the op- the, the ability to become physically violent is still available yeah, and there's no right. airport security doesn't um, and kind of can't help with that which makes clear kind of that's not what they're trying to mm-hmm. avoid your general your general safety as a passenger is kind of still in your hands or in the hands of the airline what they're avoiding is plane being hijacked the big the i guess a big risk item exactly and i guess the sort of risk item that involves um harm to more than just the passengers yeah. on the plane like if uh-huh. a plane gets hijacked you end up with a kind of september 11 type, yeah. type scenario that yeah. sort of thing and so like thinking as a kind of recovering microeconomist, um, mm-hmm. this translates to kind of the objective function that they're working with here is an optimization problem where yeah their objective function is minimizing monetary costs and passenger inconvenience some mm-hmm. sort of some of those um, and they're constrained by they have to maintain the expected number of plane hijackings at zero like yeah, that's right. their strict mm-hmm. boundary you're not allowed to have any plane hijacking hijackings and within that constraint minimize costs mm-hmm. thought about as both um, inconvenience and monetary costs yep um mm-hmm. And yeah, man, I really hope the problem's being formulated by like like that by the relative authorities, uh, by the relevant authorities. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> but I really suspect that's probably not the case. Um, I, I actually think the discussion centers probably more like around new emerging threats and how to deal with those um, and what right. new measures are needed. And in the optimistic case, maybe around how um, you can more effectively. Uh, replace current measures so so like how how do you more effectively um screen for current threats right so for example here we'd be talking about the liquid restrictions having come in after i don't know it was discovered that there might be um liquid um explosives and stuff like that exactly so it's the new threats and then on the other side it's kind of the like i don't know you've seen in last in the last few years those kind of um the screen things yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. which are kind of a it's testing for the same things but in a quicker and kind of more effective way but my bag still goes through the liquid exactly so it's not like i don't see that much of that kind of innovation in that that sense that's more of my optimistic scenario okay yeah exactly okay yeah that Um, makes sense so yeah, so it's all about it's it's. I assume it's always about adding new things to counter upcoming threats, mm-hmm. uh, which leads me to kind of this uh, second bit of analysis around airport security, which is that it's a great example of um, what's known in the industry as feature creep, and so this is a nice term. I I, I like this because it 
it feels... It sounds awful. It sounds awful, and it <laughs> is, uh, because it's this idea of your product always growing. You you never pare back anything. Yeah. Um, you never reconsider whether some things, either in light of users changing, the company changing, new features having made them obsolete, anything like this, um, need to be removed. It's always plus, plus, plus. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the sort of implicit attitude that it, it that underlies it is that once a feature is in production, it's there to stay. You've you've invested the effort in building it, so obviously it's there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're going to name names here, I, this is the Booking.com disease, uh, frankly, because I think the way the re, the reason they've got to the state they're in currently, uh, which is where you have the most kind of over optimized for terrifying and bombarding the user website that I know of on the web mm-hmm. is that each new feature that they built, they would have relentlessly A-B tested it and the ones that won the A-B test got put out and I suspect never removed. And there was never, I don't think there's, I suspect there hasn't been that many questions of, okay, should we try resetting the counter a little bit mm-hmm. on these features? And the kind of root cause of that is usually that teams are kind of judged by how much they ship rather than whether they're providing value to the user. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marty Kagan has a nice dichotomy uh, that he uses to describe this situation where it's feature teams rather than product teams. So right. feature teams are ones where the focus is on ship the latest feature, mm-hmm. product teams in his view being the ones who are asking, how do we provide user value? How do we understand and solve the underlying problem yeah okay um and yeah because you're not shipping like because removing something isn't really shipping it's not a success in this mindset Mm -hmm. and clearly airport security is kind of like this as you said before like years ago there was the scare about liquids being used to make a bomb so then we got that restriction of no more than 100 milliliters Mm -hmm. um and after that someone tried to smuggle in something in their shoe so then lots of airports require you to remove your shoes Mm -hmm. and then there were laptops next and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And there's kind of this ratchet effect. Mm-hmm. Once the rules were enacted, they remained. You, I don't know if the threat still remains, but it's much easier to enact this policy of no liquids over 100 mils. Uh, well, it seems basically impossible to, re- to remove it yeah. from what I've seen. And actually, I do wonder whether if you were to remove it, would people feel uneasy about that? Yeah, true. It's a good. Well, I guess so, this comes down to the messaging, right? A little bit. It does. Like, it would. Yeah. I, I just want you know, like now you're so used to all of these rules around this that if you walk through quickly, I think I'm like, yay, that's awesome. But then there might be a few other people that would be like, oh, but he didn't check for my liquids, or they didn't scan my shoe, or you know. True, and actually, maybe that's maybe if we're being a little bit cynical, maybe that's more like the problem they're trying to achieve. There's the real safety and then there's the, <laughs> the uh, perceived safety perceived safety and so uh-huh. yeah so maybe some maybe part of it is okay we've got these rules if we relax them people will feel like they're less safe and this is this is uh breaking the objective yeah um but anyway so like um i think the problem again is uh one of incentives mm-hmm. uh clearly the much more important and possibly only thing by which um security regulators are judged is don't have hijackings like so <laughs> yeah. they they will be in extreme like they they will be screwed if there are any hijackings and what they'll be judged on in the meantime is kind of prevented security incidents i doubt that any of them have in their kind of 
bonus mm, objective function. How much of an impact did you have on customer experience? Like yeah, how, right. how happy were customers? Maybe in some airports, I believe Heathrow um, does have a little how the, happy were you mm-hmm, with security. They have the little things that you things. then like buttons that you can then push. And- yeah, exactly. But the people making the security regulations aren't. So this, yeah. the, the sort of executional staff might um, kind of be judged on whether they've done their job and like done the best they can to make customers happy. But yeah. the people who... Uh, put in place the restrictions on. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think the solution to this could be linking someone's bonus to like minimizing disruption and, and sort of minimizing pain for, for passengers. Um, and it kind of made me think of a parallel situation. I read uh, something written by a VC somewhere. Um, I'll see if I can dig it up and put the link in the comments. Um, but they said that in a healthy fintech startup, there should be a constant tug of war between the compliance team and the growth team. Um, Mm -hmm. so your compliance team are constantly saying, don't do that. You're going to get a shutdown. Things are like, this is bad. This is legally suspect, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And the growth team are like easier to onboard, like better customer experience, (laughs) like more, more, more. And so this tug of war, um, I think has a good parallel here. Have you got the security, the security, um, people who have had the only say until now saying only a hundred mils of liquids Mm -hmm. because there's this liquid bomb, take your shoes off laptops out of the bags etc and there doesn't seem to be that other side there doesn't seem to be the growth team equivalent saying hey Mm -hmm. this is going to slow passengers down this is going to make passengers angry this is going to like cause a lot of sort of low level suffering yeah um so i think you need you need a bit more of a balance there yeah and it's interesting because i think when it comes to airports people don't necessarily have a choice so that the compliance team in that sense is far more powerful in that they're like well you know we're making the rules here and if people want to use the airport and fly then they're just gonna have to do this whereas if you're a fintech startup people can be like oh the compliance seems way too strong there i don't i'm not having a good customer experience so i'm gonna leave them for someone else yeah exactly there's not much exit opportunity and actually it's probably interesting that one of the examples i brought up was heathrow uh because heathrow airport legitimately does have competition it there does. are yeah. there are multiple airports yeah. uh, airport options in london so they could lose customers potentially whereas something like most cities around the world will only have one airport so mm-hmm. they can be like well if you want to come to madrid bad luck yeah <laughs> or whatever so yep. yeah it's a good point it's kind of an exit or exit and voice uh problem here yes yeah um, okay, so what, what about from the marketing side? What can you tell us about sort of messaging maybe or positioning? I did focus on messaging messaging um, <laughs> for this one. And I went through a similar exercise as you did at the beginning, thinking about, okay, what is the message airport security uh, wants to put out? And I think if we're being generous, <laughs> I think <laughs> the message they want to put out is that they care about your safety. Um, they want you to know that, you know, you will have to make it through the check, but everyone else who's going through is also going through that same check, meaning that you will be surrounded by people who are safe to fly. You don't need to worry at all. You know, that kind of like the whole reassurance thing in total, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to ask them, that's probably what they would say it is. (laughs) From experience though, I haven't ever felt like this is really at the core of what they're doing there. Like <laughs> it's it's more so what you were saying as well of the, you know, like going through the the motions. The motions on and this is what we have to do. This this is the regulations. We have to be compliant with all of this kind of stuff. And then kind of forgetting that 
you do have a customer on the other end who has feelings <laughs> um he <laughs> may not want to wait in line or whatever so actually i was traveling um very recently and i did overhear exactly that type of conversation where someone at the security check um was taking out that there was a, a man and he had um that those like lush um i think hair gel or whatever it was i think 125 mils or something that's so slightly over and he was he was you know they were kind of arguing because i know this this kind of stuff is relatively expensive for what it is so he had this whole like oh why do i have to give it up it's gel it's not you know there was, <laughs> this whole thing was going on next to me um and in the end the the security guard simply said well mate i don't make the rules I'm just being, I'm just doing what I'm being told. And so should you. Huh. So, and he was like, you can put it all in your hair now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, just, no, <laughs> <laughs> not very helpful yeah. at all. Overhearing this was kind of like, okay, yeah, I think this is, this gets to my experience more often <laughs> than the whole, like, we care about your safety and we want you to be happy. So for this, then I wanted to focus on, okay, if you know if the message really is that they do care about our safety and all that what could be done to sh make that shine rather than to make the whole experience kind of like something that you just want to get over with mm. so i think for me the biggest thing at airports in the security is that there is no expectation setting at all and i think that that becomes very difficult if you do want to put out a kind of consistent message and you want people to know what's happening you want people to feel comfortable and safe then you need to let people know okay this is what you can expect of this experience so often when I go to an airport through airport security I have no idea what exactly is coming up like I'm um, for example you know sometimes there's a second check and maybe I have just bought a water bottle and then all of a sudden I find myself in the second check and I have to get rid of it that's happened to me a few times. That's very annoying. Mm. Why Why don't I know that there will be a second check? Another thing, especially flying to Australia, um, usually I take a, an empty drink bottle and then I can fill it up on the plane or something or just before getting onto the plane. Then sometimes they take that away from you, which is very unexpected as well. And there's no explanation as to why no. is, the, is the other fun part. Exactly. Like, like It's just like... This is now just happening. Yeah. You didn't know it would happen and you also don't know why it's happening. <laughs> and therefore how to avoid it in the future. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And then also um, I feel like around the whole like self-service scanners, that could be a bit of a better um, solution there. Like often you don't know whether there will be any. So for me, that's important because I have a passport that can be scanned, but I also have an ID card, which often cannot be scanned. So mm. if I do know that there are those scanners, I might take my passport rather than my ID card. You know, it's just like, I know all of these things are little things, but I think they add to my comfort of traveling and just knowing what's coming up. Mm. So it's the don't, the, you don't want to be surprised. You want to, you want to know yeah. what's coming up. And yeah, I think so. Be able to plan ahead for it in a way that yes. like, makes your experience easy exactly right. and then i think it makes my experience easy but it's also in favor of the airport because True. you know then it makes their task easier too and it makes it quicker for everyone so mm. i feel like the more information is out there the better for both sides true the whole like planning and knowing more you can apply that to a lot more things a lot more kind of like insight into the processes there so for example i think it would be really helpful knowing 
how long a line will be how long do I have to stand here for like I know for example entertainment parks do this they have like these signs up 15 minutes from here or something like that I also know that some airports do it where they have like a oh currently security checks at the south gate are really busy so why don't you walk to the north gate I think Heathrow does that actually and Mm -hmm. I really really like that Mm. very easy things like that I feel like going you know no one's going to expect that it's super um, accurate, but some sort of measure surely can be provided. Another thing that I um, would really like to know is how long does it take to walk to my gate? So the other day I walked, I think, close to 15 minutes to my gate and I did not know that it would take this long. <laughs> and I probably would have left earlier had I known. Mm. And this is something that doesn't change. If I'm at gate 101, it's always going to be 15 minute walk from True. the main area. So yeah, I think... Again, all of those things are kind of like small pieces of information, but putting all of that together into a pack just makes me feel, I guess, more prepared, more chill as well. I think an airport often already has people heightened a little bit. You're, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're in a, this weird environment, you're about to fly, uh, there are lots of strangers around you, you're going through security, you're nervous, did I pack a knife or, <laughs> you know, the usual stuff. And just knowing the most you can about it, I think, will put a lot of people at at rest a little bit. And I guess it's also a signal that the airport has thought about you enough and yeah. like cares enough about your comfort to give you that information. Um, it actually, this reminds me of, I was speaking with one of our um, verification providers at work the other day and they were saying, so it's the, it's a video, video identity uh, mm-hmm. verification and they were saying there's two things that they've added that have different effects on customers. So one is a waiting time um, estimate. So it mm-hmm. says I uh, should be similar for airport, yeah. airport security. It's like, it's like your expected wait is like 10 minutes or so. Yeah. And the other is a queuing thing of, okay, you are number six in the queue. Mm-hmm. Um, the queuing thing improves their... Um, hang up rates so people hang around for longer if they know what position they are in the queue because they can see progress yeah um and the waiting time feature actually doesn't the waiting time feature didn't have any effect on hang up rates what it did improve though was um how what ratings people gave to the interaction afterwards Um, customers exposed to the waiting time estimate tended to give higher ratings of the overall the overall experience uh, than customers who didn't uh, well, who weren't exposed to to that mm-hmm. warning? Interesting. Um, I guess because of the same thing you're talking about, of it's it's this idea of you've cared enough to give yeah. me some indication of hey, we're sorry, it's going to be ten minutes, or like just so I can go make a cup of tea or what have you. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. So I feel yeah. I feel cared for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, that that did happen to me. At I went to the doctor's the other day, and the nurse told me, oh you live very close, you could go home and come back in 20 or 30 minutes time because nothing will happen. Yeah, exactly. Have a cup of tea, Ah. sit for a bit. You don't have to sit here. And um, I think it's that same. It it made me feel very good Mm. because it's it's that yeah feeling of being looked after and that person cares that, you know, you're having a good experience, I guess. And it's super cheap for the the nurse or the airport or the, in this case, the the, our provider to do. Like it's really, you don't even have to be that that accurate. It just has to be Mm -hmm. a, you're going to be waiting some amount of time um, sorry. You about still that. have you still have a little while exactly. if you want to make a cup of tea or whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So nice. Then, as a very quick second part to this, I also wanted to point out that I think there are basically two buyer personas that mm-hmm. I can think of okay. at an airport security check-in. 
And I think that's the ones that pay for quick access and the, the all of the other ones that do not. Mm-hmm. And I have so far always been in the ones that do not. Yeah. So I have no idea whether if you buy that quick access, whether it's actually getting a better experience or whether it is only getting you a faster experience. I would really like to know that. So if you have ever bought quick access, let us know because from my observation, I think people are just like being let through it's just skip the line kind yeah, of thing rather yeah, yeah. than a – I guess they can't tone down the security um, for people who buy quick access because otherwise the terrorists would buy quick access. Well, and maybe like, they get the nicer guard that's like – I mean, <laughs> I would buy that then if I could get quicker yeah. and friendlier staff and maybe guaranteed that I'll go through the like – that I can go through the quick scanner rather than the like – The body search takes, kind yeah, of exactly. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can see this unraveling. I can see it being a bit of a adverse selection thing potentially. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. that, that's an interesting one. But yeah, if you have if you have ever been one of those quick access travelers, let us know. The the the, the upper crust to yes, buy yes, quick yes. access. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So do we have any what what recommendations do we ha- we have for airport security regulators listening to ship the, it shout it? Yeah. Well, it might surprise you to to know but i the first thing i wrote down was clear up the process i can't imagine um adequately inform travelers about steps along the way i mean this is such an easy one too like this is something the airport can just do like all you need is a the things you're going to have to do are go through security so like make sure you don't have liquids blah 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 blah, and then you have to go to your gate the average the average walking time from security to gate is 10 minutes yeah exactly i really there are so many things in there that do not change it's really easy to prepare this kind of stuff once and then just have it out. I mean, even and get one it. of get one of the um, duty-free shops to sponsor the signs. Like It's yeah, like sponsored sure. by McDonald's and while you're going to your gate, why not pick up a Sunday or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. Like, easy. It's a, this is a money-making opportunity, guys. Yeah. Come yeah. on. So, yeah, that was my first one. And the other one was, and I don't think I've talked too much about this actually, but experiment with entertainment while people were waiting in line. Huh, interesting. Um, so I read this um, this article for the research I did for this um, and this article said something like when people wait in line, the they overestimate the time they have been waiting in that queue by something like 30 or 40%. Wow. So that means that, you know, their, their perception is really changed by kind of like standing in line, boredom or whatever they're experiencing. So somehow being able to provide entertainment during that time seems like a good idea to increase, you know, their happiness at this airport. Mm, I've, I've seen some airports do this where there's a rev, like a rotating video mm-hmm. showing you what you need to do at security, but like this is a bit of a waste. But that is boring. It that is, is not entertainment. And it's kind of <laughs> after a while it gets a bit kind of, yeah. I don't know, almost uh, dystopian of watching this yes. endless loop of this child putting their teddy bear on the, <laughs> the teddy bear going through the x-ray machine. Exactly. Um, it's meant to be cute and can, I don't know. I don't really, yeah. I, I didn't think of that. I, I actually was inspired by, by a recent activity that um, Daniel has taken up again, which is juggling. I was imagining all <laughs> these jugglers like oh. standing there, you know, kind of when you wait in the car at lights sometimes and then people come up and they juggle for you or oh, they wash yes. their screen your screen or something like that yes that could be cool and i'm sure there would be lots of people who would juggle at airports and then they just make a few tips true and- or go up and offer people uh, hand sanitizer at the moment <laughs> for uh, sure. a euro squirt like yeah. Yeah. We could, this could be a good side gig this is a great idea actually i mean yeah i i think any it, it can be something really simple like that and i think that would 
impress so many people and so many people would just watch that. And like feel feel much less like just half an hour of their lives had been stolen yeah. from them. Yeah, um, exactly. True, good idea. Okay, I'll, I'll keep practicing the juggling and then we can <laughs> see what we can do about it. Sounds good. Yeah, what oh, are yeah, yours? So for me, uh, yeah, so I alluded this, to this earlier, but I think we you need a counterbalance to the... Um, international regulator responsible for security. Security. You need an international regulator responsible for happiness of air travelers no. somehow. Yeah, yes. exactly. And well, actually, and so something like one idea struck me an additional uh, suggestion while you were talking about the uh, kind of the guard who was like, look, I don't make the rules, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the solution is actually more like ease away from the setting very rigid rules at a centralized level and then and imposing those on everyone maybe the idea like the better way to do it is set principles at a centralized level and then devolve it to the individual airports to say okay you need to fall, you need to fall within these principles but we'll let you decide exactly how you enact these like if you decide that you will restrict liquids um below 100 above 100 mils great but in general you just need to protect against this, this, and this. So then you've got that kind of then individual airports, which are much more incentivized to care about customers' experience than this kind of global Mm -hmm. body would be able to make the decision. This may not be as easy as I think it is, but... Yeah, I think the problem is with liquids, for example, is that you take them on the plane, right? It's not that you have them at the airport because at the airport you can have liquids until you go through that security check. So really... It should, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. I was thinking I was thinking airports may not be on, on board with that, but I'm, I can see airports being on board with that because you can bring in liquids, for example, anyway. It's just you can't bring them through and then onto the plane. So it's, it's, it's a different thing. Yeah, but it may not be as easy as I thought because yeah. maybe standardizing, because it would be annoying to not know what to expect around liquid yeah. regulations at an airport. So maybe there is some value. And I, I can then see a backlash of every airport. Remember when we went to Abu Dhabi and we had to be checked again Ugh. straight off the plane? Yeah. And that's very annoying, but I can see that oh, happening true. when there are different standards at different airports. And uh, airports true. might be like, okay, but before you get in here, we need to check you because you came from this really lax place. True, yeah. So I guess I guess having one standard means that every airport can rely on every mm. other airport. True. Okay, I'll keep thinking on that one. Mm-hmm. One other suggestion, though, was uh, building grandfathering clauses for new mm-hmm. security measures. Um, so that means if they aren't deliberately renewed after however many years, pick your favorite, uh, they automatically lapse. And just by the way, I think this would be good general advice for features too. Um, build your features with a kind of automatic grandfathering of, okay, I've built the wish list function, but if we don't deliberately decide to continue supporting this after three years, we're going to retire it and remove it from the product. Mm-hmm. Um, so force yourself to deliberately, after a certain amount of time, reinvest uh, and say, yes, we really want to continue supporting this. We really think this is adding value to users rather than just, okay, it's out there. We'll support it forever because it is. Yep. And then the last thing uh, is, and this this was sort of brought up by your point about you want to know how far, how long will you wait in security, but also how long will you then have to walk to the gate and so mm-hmm. on. Um, so the security experience should be integrated into the whole airport experience. So it should feel seamless from dropping off your bags and getting your ticket to going through security to get into your gate. It should all feel like one big plane onboarding mm-hmm. um, <laughs> experience rather than at the moment, everything except for security, I think feels quite quite integrated usually, but security mm-hmm. can often feel like this kind of 
cancerous growth on top of the rest of it, basically. Yeah, you're right, because usually you also step into the security hall through some sort of gate and all of a sudden you're in there and it's like bright lighting and you go through the check and then you step out of it again. So it's really also in terms of the space it's in, it's disintegrated yeah exactly and i think and and i think it's often outsourced and all this sort of stuff and and while i can understand the business logic underlying Mm -hmm. that yeah thinking on thinking in terms of how to optimize the customer experience as hopefully airports are this is not that great it does it feels like security is kind of a just something they have something that airports have cordoned off as a well that's something that has to happen and customers can deal with it and then they can come back into our world where we will provide the nicest experience we can the customers don't really see that customers see security at the airport as being part of the experience yeah, of treated as such yeah of course so yeah so those are nice my top one. those are my top uh, recommendations i um, hope you've enjoyed yeah uh, dear listeners our little diatribe about uh, <laughs> airport security through the lens of product marketing and product management. Yeah, and do let us know if you are an airport happiness officer. Oh, yes. Or, um, you know, you are someone who does buy the quick access. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, you are You are the you are the holy <laughs> grail of, uh, of experiences of this one. But yes. uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, goodbye. Bye. Everybody shout, shout.